Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On today's Accent of Women, we look at Palestine. On October 12, Hamas and Fatah signed a landmark reconciliation deal in Cairo in what has been said is a key step towards ending a decade-long rift between the two Palestinian factions. The deal will see administrative control of the Gaza Strip handed to a Fatah-backed unity government. Egypt has been brokering the reconciliation talks in Cairo. Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank have been ruled separately since deadly clashes between the two groups broke out in 2007. Hamas won parliamentary elections in the occupied territories the previous year and reinforced its power in Gaza after ousting Fatah. But do these developments hold hope for Palestinian liberation and the end to Israeli apartheid? Or is it another attempt to goad the Palestinians into agreeing to ever more concessions to Israel, ceding land and resources? To discuss this development, Reem Yunus, Palestinian activist and socialist based For the here in Melbourne. For 10 years, since 2007, uh, Gaza is under siege. Fatah has controlled, basically, which is the main force, holds the Palestinian Authority after Oslo have been solely governing the West Bank. And uh, Gaza asked uh, Fatah in 2007 to preempt a coup that Fatah, backed by, uh, at the time, Israel and the USA and Egypt, they brokered a coup against Hamas at the time from Gaza. So to preempt that, they have overpowered them and took control and kicked out from Gaza since 2007. Since then, Israel considered uh, Gaza um, a hostile entity. Basically, uh, what happened or why did they broker um, that uh, failed coup, which actually Fatah made the coup, and America called uh, Hamas's overtake of Gaza as uh, a military coup, which is nothing of the sort. At the time, uh, Hamas was the uh, democratically elected government with one majority of vote in the previous year, in 2006 legislative elections, but uh, the EU, America and Israel weren't happy of the results of these elections and wanted to put an end in it. So that's very historic now. In these 10 years, the uh, Israel has kept and um, Egypt uh, of Mubarak and Israel from both sides, they kept Gaza under tight siege. So from the Eretz crossing, uh, the Israeli side, and from the uh, Rafah crossing, the Egyptian side, the Palestinians are completely, almost completely stopped from uh, going in and out of Gaza. And on top of that, uh, Israel waged uh, three shattering um, offensive barbaric wars on Gaza, one in 2008, one in 2012, and the latest one was in 2014, 52 days of uh, battering Gaza and killing over 2,000 civilians. The Palestinians are not happy with uh, Abbas. They are not happy with the corruption. They are not happy with the increasingly autocratic uh, way that Abbas is uh, holding power in the West Bank. A lot of people don't work 
uh, a lot of young people uh, graduate and don't uh, find work. Uh, electricity comes in a few hours a day. Um, in some places, just two hours uh, every 24 hours. That's like very hard. United Nations just said that in three years, if the situation continues, then Gaza will be uninhabitable. So the Palestinian people everywhere, whether in Gaza or in the West Bank, are really in bad shape. Things should have been uh, changed. We are not saying that unity is a good thing, because unity on the basis of uh, Oslo and on the basis of security coordination with Israel is never a good thing. Yet if we think of the, how the people on the streets in Gaza feel, recently we saw jubilation in the street over that because they are just hoping for some ease on that. So that's the historical thing. And these recent preliminary agreements that happened, which have been like happening for a couple of months now and ended by the signing of this agreement on the 12th of October, think hasn't been the first time that in these 10 years uh, we had an agreement right, uh, that Mecca, uh, Saudi Arabia tried to broker in 2007, one in 2011, and one uh, in 2012. And the recent one was just, there is one in June between Gaza, Dahlan, and Hamas. Uh, in June this year, 2017, and now this one between um, Abbas and the Palestinian Authority and Hamas. Why have previous agreements failed, and do you predict that this one might also fail as well? Well, I'm, I'm not predicting. I'm just, I'm just very cautious about the prospects for for the winning or for the sticking of this agreement because of a lot of reasons. Now, the previous agreement failed because there were sticking points, there were contentious points. As I said, the Palestinian Authority, since Oslo, and Oslo Accord, which was signed back in 1993, and another round of it was in 1995, ensured coordination, security coordination with Israel. Plus, it gifted Israel with very big control or total control, security, economy, and uh, politically over the, um, the West Bank and Gaza. That was supposed to happen, leaving the other sticky points like the right of return and the settlement uh, to be done over and uh, later on. And they kept delaying and delaying and delaying, and Abbas found himself for 10 years in a deadlock. Hamas, which was established in 1987, didn't reach down uh, this path yet. It's, it is going to, but it didn't reach down that path yet. It, it, is, it was established as a, a resistance organization back in 1987 only, and it was outside the body of the PLO. Um, and now it became the biggest faction and a uh, uh, power to be reckoned with since it is uh, the only governing body in, in uh, Gaza. The, the other sticking point that didn't last is that the Hamas wants the ease of, uh, for the people of Gaza. Uh, they want something from Egypt, which is the easing of the 
Rafah border, not only to allow people to move through, but also to allow goods to move through, so that the the billions and billions of um, rebuilding of Gaza on, uh, after the devastating um, war of 2014 can take place and can um, heal the shattered economy of Gaza. Hamas, if a, a, a political uh, unity government uh, will succeed, wants to keep its um, strong security um, control over Gaza. It will give the cosmetic um, civil and administrative rule to the Palestinian Authority, but it will keep its, its security because, as I said, they don't want to uh, lay, lay down their arms. Uh, Israel doesn't want that. Netanyahu said, we don't accept for a reconciliation to be fake. We don't accept a force to be in Gaza that does not recognize Israel, number one, and number two, does not lay arms. And Hamas will never do that. The furthest that Hamas will go for, uh, knowing Hamas and knowing its, its charter, is that it, it will accept an open ceasefire, which it held true uh, since 2014. But it won't go the extra distance. So that was another sticking point. In the past, Abbas was in a, in a stronger position than uh, Hamas, and Hamas also was in a stronger position. And both sides were unwilling to uh, give up on their the the, the want to the uh, to, to stay on in total control of Gaza if they entered it. What's in common now that made the uh, signing of the agreement possible, although as I said, I'm cautious about it, is that both of them are in the weakest point. If you like, both of them are in. A, I think you call it in English. Uh, uh, a perfect pincer moment. I'll tell you why. As I said, Abbas is, is, is completely losing his credibility uh, amongst the people after going through these negotiations for 10 years and not appearing. And to add insult to injury, Netanyahu recently announced that the settlement not only increased, but also he said these settlements are here to stay forever. Well, that doesn't sit well with the Palestinian people. So Abbas didn't find anything in return. He is 82 years old. He is already, since 2009, an illegitimate president. Remember that the last elections that happened were in 2006, and no other elections happened, even within Fatah itself, for Abbas as a leader uh, in 2009. So if you think about it, both Fatah and Hamas are not the legitimate or the democratically elected government anymore. It's just they are de facto governments. Um, Abbas has the, the force or the pressure of the, the EU and the America and Israel in order to enforce any deal to be uh, accepted by Israel or Hamas. But Hamas had its, uh, some cards to play. In order for Hamas to leverage this agreement with uh, Fatah, what they did is they changed the charter in the start of this year in order to, while we know that Hamas is, has been established historically as a branch of the Muslim Brotherhood, in its charter, uh, a charter this year, they announced that 
they are a separate entity from the Muslim Brotherhood. That step made their relationships with Egypt's city uh, a lot warmer recently, because that was another sticking point for them. Another thing they did, they uh, created administrative committee in March this year. And they said this is the governing body for the day-to-day -day civil affairs of the Palestinian people in Gaza. He used that, uh, the Hamas used that in order to, to say, here we are, and then we are a power to reckon with. Abbas's PA went mad, and they retaliated by making uh, some financial pressure, very painful punitive pressures. Uh, for example, 40,000 civil, civil uh, servants in Gaza stopped being paid. He slashed their salaries, the PA employees in Gaza. These are the ones who were uh, paid so far since Hamas ousted Gaza uh, in 2007, and they were paid to stay home and just get these salaries. They are no longer taking these salaries. That will, we, uh, would have boosted the economy. Uh, he also stopped uh, uh, paying uh, the electricity for Gaza to Israel, and he reinstated the tax on the fuel going to Gaza. This is very bad. Um, and as I said, the Palestinians are to suffer. To ease that pressure, uh, the Palestinians of Hamas, uh, within their charter as well, they announced that they are ready to and this is, this is a new step for them, which is considered a de facto recognition of Israel, although it is not a recognition of Israel, that they are ready to um, establish a Palestinian state over the 1949 armistice green line between what was called Israel at the time in 1948 and, and uh, the rest of Palestine, and that they are also ready for, as I said, for uh, ceasefire. But they never mentioned that they are ready to lay the off arms, and they refused uh, to do anything with their military wing. Remember, we have at least 35,000 strong militants in Gaza. They didn't fight Israel since 2014, but they are there. They accepted in the agreement to let a cabinet meeting, so since last month, Rami Alhamdulillah, the prime minister of the PA came and did that, and the jubilation in the streets, and he did all these cabinet uh, meetings so that Fatah and, and, uh, and the PA are having cabinet members with, uh, with the Hamas officials, while Hamas is out of the, that equation, whereas their military control, they insisted that it should stay. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking with Reem Yunus, Palestinian activist and socialist, discussing the unity talks and agreement between the two political forces in Palestine, Fatah and Hamas. When Hamas is weakened because of all these wars, that's how they leverage themselves by uh, showing to Egypt that they are ready to be a good partner in 
guarding the Sinai Peninsula from attacks because Egypt for the past few years since Sisi took power is, is, uh, are very annoyed by the Salafist slash Islamic State attacks which uh, Hamas denies any, uh, which is actually true, Hamas denies any involvement in it. And actually, they were um, ready to do that, make a buffer zone, and they actually clamped down on the Islamists, uh, the Salafists in the Rafah area, and made a buffer zone so that there is no way for the uh, Sinai Peninsula to be, like, at least smuggling arms or something uh, there to to relieve the Egyptian army uh, from that side because Egypt now is only involved in now in the six-year uh, civil war in Libya. So she, uh, Egypt doesn't want that. And also they leveraged themselves with, uh, with uh, Abbas by trying to uh, make a deal, and that deal was made in June with Dahlan. Mohammed Dahlan, let me remind you, he was the previous chief security officer in Gaza before the ousting of Fatah. Dahlan is an arch enemy for Hamas, but now for political reasons, they tried to, to agree with him through uh, Egypt and um, the United Arab Emirates. Remember, Dahlan lives in Dubai now. So United Arab Emirates will be generous in helping with that deal and bringing Dahlan back and this. That actually threw off uh, Abbas of guard because he is also his most hated rival. He doesn't want Abba, um, Dahlan to come back to politics in, in Palestine. Abbas has actually uh, ousted him o- over uh, corruption charges, which years later he uh, they dropped it, but he is still out of the political equation. So because of that, he didn't allow that deal, but instead engaged in these negotiations, if you like, with Hamas and Egypt so that they don't let Hamas, United Arab Emirates, and that deal uh, go through. Now, Hamas has a fallback plan if this deal doesn't work out, if this deal doesn't work out. But so far, it seems it worked out. Two sides of the equation. Abbas wants to show that if he has a unity government, then maybe that will give him, embolden him in uh, last step of the negotiation talk with Israel and America and the peace process that he still wants to do to settle something for the Palestinians before he dies. Egypt wants to show America that it brokered this unity government between Fatah and Hamas and, and so uh, they can get the funding, which is like America stopped or withheld at least $195 uh, million in worth of aid since Egyptian CC coup against the, uh, the democratically elected Muslim Brotherhood uh, in 2013. So that's another side of the equation. So you see, everybody has a, a stake of doing something. Hamas, uh, of course, wants to stay in Gaza, wants to govern, but they want their pain of being suffocating siege east. Israel is concerned about these developments. Do you think there's a good reason for them to be concerned? Well, Israel is, our, is an occupying uh, power. And, of course, Israel, since its inception, 
until today, they, all they want is a total recognition of them as a state, as an exclusively Jewish state, and they will never uh, accept not the right of return, which has been a sticky issue in the peace process uh, for 20 years, not the Jerusalem to, to be our capital, the East Jerusalem, not anything. And even uh, the 12% of the West Bank that we, we reside on, not we, like the Palestinians reside on now after the so many um, settlements, all that, it will be chopped up. So Israel doesn't want peace. Israel wants to eat, to eat us alive and throw us in the end. Whether they have an uh, issue of concern, look, all their lives, even before settling to, to sign with Arafat back in 1993, the uh, notorious Oslo Accord, um, for 10 or 20 years ahead of that, since the 1970s, and I remember that since my teenage years, Israelis used to say to the American and everybody, no, we can't settle with the Palestinians. We don't have a good or a viable peace partner. We want a peace partner. We want someone who will recognize Israel and relinquish the armed struggle. But Arafat, in the end, relinquished the armed struggle within the charter, the Palestinian charter of the PLO. But he didn't go the, the step further, which is accepting the security coordination. Abbas did. Abbas did not relinquish East Jerusalem. But who knows what will happen later. Hamas, as we said, used to say we want the historic Palestine. They didn't say it anymore now in their new charter, but they didn't say that we are laying off arms, but, uh, and they didn't say that we stopped being an, an, a resistance force. But things can change because of all these pressures. These forces get weakened, and because they are weakened, they learned the Hamas quickly within their 10 years, learned the lessons of Fatah and uh, the, the Palestinian Authority and the PLO before that. To get something, you have to, to do concessions. And, and you're not actually getting anything. You are just giving concession after concession after concession. Do I think that Abbas, uh, sorry, Israel has anything to fear? No, I don't think so. I think so long as we have Oslo, even if the Hamas and Fatah sit together and negotiate another peace process, a hundred peace process, so long as Oslo exists with, which, with its damning clauses that allow for the recognition of Israel as an exclusive Jewish state and allowing our lands and resources to be beaten up bit by bit by a bit from under our feet, so long as that exists, nothing will happen. That was Reem Yunus, Palestinian activist and socialist, discussing the unity talks and agreement between the two political forces in Palestine, Fatah and Hamas. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. 
If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. We're going to go out with the Palestinian National Anthem, played here on guitar by an injured Palestinian child from her hospital bed. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week. (laughs) 